Welcome to the Dear Mark Project podcast, brought to you by Bray Co. As marketing and advertising professionals, honesty and transparency need to be at the forefront for everything we do. However, with new emerging technology, creating materials that are both engaging and 100% transparent can be super tricky. The Dear Mark Project podcast produces weekly episodes on honesty and transparency as it relates to the advertising and marketing spaces. Our goal is to get Mark Zuckerberg and his social media empire to create an automatic hashtag filtered image tag that shows up on any post that uses a filter. It's a small action that we believe can create a world of a difference. Stay tuned on how you can support and enjoy the show. For parents, what is your advice um, when it comes to their kids using social media? Sure. Well, you know, I now have a 13-year-old as of next week. And um, when I was 13, my friends called me on a landline and my father got upset from the constant call waiting beeps. So that seems like the good old days. Um, I've still managed to keep my daughter away from social media, but it seems inevitable. Um, and because social media can affect negatively affect teens, distracting them, disrupt, disrupting their sleep and exposing them to bullying, rumor spreading, making them feel like everyone's life is perfect and theirs isn't, um, I definitely think we have to take some steps to monitor them. Um, it must be the horror to be under all that pressure that uh, we never had as kids. Um, a 2019 study of more than 7,000 teens found that those who spent more than three hours a day using social media were at heightened risk for mental health problems and um, including depression. And, you know, during the pandemic, the kids were just glued to it constantly. So, you know, it's not all bad. And I, and I can talk about that. Um, but I do think that there is a lot of things we need to do as parents to monitor their social media. And I want to talk a little bit more before I go into that. I don't know if you want to ask questions, but about the pros and cons. And then I think it it lends to a good discussion about how to um, control it. Yeah, absolutely. Please go into those pros and cons. I'd love to hear that. Yeah. Um, So, you know, there, it's not all bad. Um, So for example, Mental health messages can come from ordinary users or virtual celebrities or celebrities themselves who make their livelihood by posting material online because these videos can have millions of views. And sometimes when the information provided is accurate, they can be valuable to the public. So, um, for example, um, Billie Eilish, I really like her. She post posts a lot about her body image issues and how she overcame them. And she also is very relatable, obviously, and she's very real. Um, so, you know, that could be a positive influence. She also, I thought was very interesting because it's something that I talk about in my book. She, um, she talked about how watching pornography as a young child really affected her sense of self and self-esteem and her sexual development. And I think that's something that, you know, all teens just, you know, they'll watch pornography without ever thinking about the harmful effects. So I thought that was really like awesome. She took that on. That was really brave. Um, So I think that is, is great. And there can be a lot of peer to peer education and the support. Um, So that's, that can be good. Um, Another positive is that, um, is that it can help teens 
cognitively be better at managing their focus and attention on a lot of different things at once. So they can get better at that, which in the, today's day and age, which is good um, because there's just so much, you know, input and sensory input cutting, you know, for multitasking. So um, that's not necessarily a bad thing. However, um, there's been a lot of bad things, right? Um, multitasking can cause decreased ability to sustain attention for things like academic classes or uh, higher level depression, anxiety. So there's pros and cons. Um, and then this is another very interesting thing. Those who are more passive consumers of social media, like they're just scrolling and liking are more likely to have harmful effects of social media than those who are more active, like posting. Um, because uh, active, uh, passive has been associated with decrease in bonding and bridging social capital and increased in loneliness. Um, one explanation may be that uh, exposure to highly idealized representations of peers on social media elicited feelings of envy and the distorted belief that other lives are happier and more successful. Um, so that can lead to depression as opposed to active, which are creating like their own authentic brand and actually may uh, be an influencer and, you know, care about, you know, what's going on and how they post. And so those, those kids tend to actually be less impacted by the social media than than most are passive. So just things to think about. And also it does go into my recommendations later. Um, and then of course there is contagion effects, which are really bad in social media, for example, and eating disorders, there's these pro Anna websites. I mean, um, influencers, which talk about ways to punish your body or, you know, people who are engaging in self-injury, other kinds of harmful behaviors can um, spread through social media. Um, so that's something, you know, when I get to it, that parents really need to look out for. And they found that when there's more positive valenced expressions on social media, more positive and less negative posts that your kids are exposed to, that social media has much less of a negative impact. So that's something that goes into my suggestions for parents in that they can help monitor their kids' social media accounts to make sure that those social media accounts are appropriate and positive. Um, and if you do that, there's going to be actually more of a positive than negative impact. Uh, for example, there's so many great social media accounts out there. Greta Thunberg, idealist.org, female Africa mass, female African mathematicians, um, you know, following famous athletes, you know, you can really, you know, monitor their social media accounts and make sure they're looking at a really a better balance than just negative Nancy. And you can also make sure all their posts are really positive because they can then influence their own network to be positive if they're positive. So um, not fake, but just, you know, sticking, not bullying, not, 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 um, what do they call it? Trolling. Just everything you write should be upbeat and positive and you should encourage people. And if you see that your kid is writing nasty, negative things or, you know, unhappy faces or, you know, nastiness, then you need to immediately correct that. And I think that's one of the core tenets of cognitive behavioral therapy, which I am a huge believer in which means to rationalize or to spin to the positive in life and uh, be the doctor of spin and you will find the keys to happiness. Focus on what's positive, uh, 
If you can't change it, just ignore it. And then you will have a much happier life. So you can also do that with your social media. So that makes it so parents don't have to avoid it altogether. Um, unless you want to grow, grow up off the grid, but to have the children be a moderate, educated, and positive consumer of social media and what this new age brings. That's what I hope for my kids. However, I'm not allowing my kids on social media till they're 13. That is actually the company's recommendation. And if the company's recommending it, it should probably be more like 15 because they have every incentive to get your kids hooked. But, you know, they are saying don't even let them on until 13. So, you know, why would I not agree with them? So my kids not, are not allowed on it yet. Yeah, I think just like what you said that, you know, social media at the end of the day is a little bit unavoidable, you know, whether that's a good thing or bad thing. And I also like that you hit on the pro Anna stuff because I want to share a personal story that um, so I'm, I'm 25. And so when I was growing up, I was on the cusp of Instagram, Tumblr, all these new emerging technologies coming out. And I, I felt the pain of my parents, um, you know, especially now that I'm older and kind of understand that a little bit better, where they were, you know, just making sure and asking me a whole bunch of questions about the social media. But at the end of the day, they didn't know the the craziness that was going on. And I remember scrolling through Tumblr and seeing those pro Anna messages. Um, and just, it was so heartbreaking, especially, you know, again, now that I'm older and viewing that and um, realizing, you know, how it could have turned my life kind of upside down, which a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of people, um, it did do that for them. And I also love that you touched on the Billie Eilish uh, situation. And I love her too. And um, something that she does a great job at is what you touched on is just being vulnerable. Um, And you also touched on that allows kids to focus on multiple things at once, which is an awesome skill to develop. And so I'm really curious to get your perspective about how parents can make sure that their kids are embodying that on social media um, and how they can protect their kids on social media while using that. Well, they can, I love, I love to like this idea of creating an authentic self. And I think that's a conversation you have with your kids. And that's something I have with my kids all the time. Like, who are you? What's your authentic self? Are you nerdy? Are you funky? Like, do you like to wear bright colors? Like, are you, you know, more feminine? Are you more masculine? Like, who, like I, I use very like, uh, you know, will you love boys? Will you love girls? Will you love both? You know, what is it that you are? Who are? Who is your authentic self? Like, create that. What your teenage years? That your job is to, you know, create that and figure that out. It's not set in stone. It changes. But like, who are you? You know, don't be afraid to be uniquely you. And I think having that conversation and saying, okay, that unique, you needs to be on your social media if you're going to have an account. So it doesn't matter if other people think you're stupid or they don't like it or they don't like your posts because I like your posts. You should like your posts because you are uniquely you and you are your authentic self. So that's what I like to think about and say. It's like, you know, not everyone has to like you and not everyone is going to. So just be you. So that's something that I think about and talk about. The other thing is um, how do you protect your kids in general? Because there's a couple of things I would say to say to your kids below the age of 17. All right. So I think at 17, you got to just let the, the birdie fly and hope they learn some things. But before the age of 17, depending on the maturity of your child, they do not own their phone. You bought it. You paid for it. It's your phone. Be very clear about that from the start. All their technology is owned by you. So 
they should understand that everything they write on their phone is subject to scrutiny by you, right? If they want to sext with their boyfriend, you're going to see it, you know, like don't do it because it's all of that stuff can be traced, tracked. and Like, don't put that stuff on the phone, like call, you can FaceTime, you know, but like, you know, anything that can be recorded, it, ha- it has to be monitored by the parents. So I really suggest that you tell them that once a month you will rent, you First of all, you have to know their password. And second of all, and you and iCloud, you know, everybody has iPhones. iCloud does not allow teenagers to change the passwords of their phone without your permission if you set the settings right, right? They have parental controls. So you just say, I own your phone. I have your password. Anytime I want, I'm going to pick it up and I'm going to scroll and I'm going to read all your messages. So do not put anything on there you don't want me to see or it's not appropriate, right? Because- they might be like, oh my God, it's like reading my diary. No, it's not a diary. You want to have a diary? Write in your diary. You could say whatever you want and put it underneath your bed. I will not look at it, but that's not on the internet. <laughs> you know, like anything on that phone is can be traced, tracked. Da, da, da. I don't want it there if it's not appropriate. So, you know, you know how it is in job markets and anything. You know how people are getting canceled constantly, like especially teenage boys. Forget it. They cannot put anything on that phone. You know, like they're going to get canceled. They're going to get thrown out of school. They write any stupid comment about a girl, anything that's considered harassment. Oh, I want to do this to her, that to the, whatever. They're going to get thrown out of school, canceled. They're not going to, you know, they might even, you know, find it hard to get jobs later. They, you cannot risk that. You, you have to monitor their phone. What tips do you have for better social media self-care? Um, sure. So, Whenever, because actually social media does come up a lot um, when I'm working with my clients, especially, well, honestly, I would, I can't even say it's, it's, it's more with the younger generation. I think at this point, a lot of the people I serve, we've grown up in the digital world. Um, So I would say the first thing to consider when you're on social media is how can I make it meaningful? How can I make this experience something um, that I'm not just sort of on autopilot with? How can I make what I'm consuming um, a part of my my growth? Um, and how can I make it a positive experience? Um, so I often will ask people to share with me what type of social media they are intaking. Um, And a lot of times it's like, you know, I'm looking at pictures of my friends or I'm following my my, my favorite artist or music artist. Um, And even those accounts can actually be triggering. Um, So for example, personally, I have a friend who I love, but she, and she, she cure. I don't know if she has a perfect life or that she curates a perfect life, but I'm very triggered when I, I look at her stuff because it's so beautiful and it seems so perfect that I begin to compare myself. And when I do that, I, I, I tend to notice that inside I don't feel so good. And even though I'm friends with this person, I have to mute this person. I don't, you know, so I I hang out with them. I actually see them often, but on social media, it's just too much. And that's a boundary that I set for myself. So making sure 
you can um, make any time that you have online meaningful. So can, does, it mat, does it match your values? Um, does it support your mental health? Does it make you feel invigorated? Um, does it inspire your hobbies and interests? So um, those are that's one thing I would suggest when taking into consideration um, how maybe you'd want to um, engage in social media. Thanks for listening. To learn more about how to make social media a more honest and empowering place to be, follow us on Instagram at the Dear Mark Project and visit our website, dearmark.co. Stay tuned every week for a new episode. Thanks again for tuning in.